hello, everyone. We are back together for another edition of our podcast. Uh, brand new series started uh, this past Sunday. Um, we, we, we started out the series called Sing. Of course, there's a, a movie called Sing. Is it Disney? Uh, In, I don't know. Uh, it's whatever. animated. DreamWorks. Whatever. Yeah. One of those. Uh, sing. We like to sing. We do a lot of singing. So before we get started, I'm throwing you guys for a loop here. All right. You guys all know this is coming. Before we start in here, if you were to find, or someone was to find you alone, you think you're alone, and you're singing, whether it be on the lawnmower, in the shower, whatever, what song would what song would they catch you singing? You Roxanne by Stan. Roxanne. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's a good one. <laughs> oh, that's hard. I know. Because I, mean, I feel like, okay, like when we talk about singing, like I literally sing all mm-hmm. the time, and so it really would depend. I mean, like this morning, singing in the car with my kids, we were singing one of the songs we did on Sunday, sure, complete with the motions, like one hand on the okay. steering yeah, wheel while, safe. while yeah. doing yeah, long. So or driving with your knee. Yeah. yeah. So no. it, it could be anything. What about you? What are you singing, Josh? Um. Oh man, I literally, I'm the same way. I sing. Uh, actually, my teens make fun of me a lot of times. Like. They'll just say something and it leads me to a song. I actually played a game with some of them where they would just throw out random words and they bet that I couldn't find a song for it, and I did. So I'm always singing. Uh, I, in my head, I, a lot of times I'm singing like uh, "Living on a Prayer" or something like that. Uh, just you know, yeah, it depends. Now it's a, it's a Christmas song though, right. at this point. I feel like I'm that person. Like any phrase will either remind me of an office quote. Or a, <laughs> or a song. So right now, I feel or like both, a lot of phrases yeah. right now really fit in with like the Hamilton soundtrack. Uh, yeah, oh, so yeah, that for sure, 100%. I feel like is often sort of So you do the parody yeah. songs that might Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and I will, Toby's like, going away! I will parody songs like it's my job, especially bedtime songs. Like any, any, about every night, whatever song is currently in my mind is somehow parodied into Weird Al. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Weird Al. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Cool. That's fun. <laughs> you guys had no idea I was going there to start this no. podcast. Actually, last I'm night I was sitting at the piano and Ryan's like, I feel like we need more cooking and less singing right now. And not that that was totally a joke. That's totally right. But yeah, if, I'm, if I'm not actively doing something, I'm really singing. <laughs> That's great. Good. Sing. We like to sing. So speaking of sing, Mara, what in the world is this series that we are starting on? All right, okay, so this series might feel a little bit different because it's a little less narrative in form. Like, so we're not really necessarily looking at a specific time period in history or time of the Israelites' history and moving through that with them. We're really just focusing our attention on how important songs are. Um, the Bible is made up, I think, of Paul throughout a, a large percentage of the Bible. What was it? Is, yeah, I, don't, I didn't get a percentage, okay. but I, I would say you probably have 20% of the Bibles. Song. It's, it's songs. Easy. I mean, when we talk about how we've always got a song going through our head, we oftentimes we experience our life and connect it with music. And so singing music, this way of expressing ourselves is, is just so important to, I think, to our experience as humans. So we're going to be looking at some specific songs and understanding this idea that they're going to show different experiences, different periods in David's life. And that through all of that, though, in every season, no matter what, he's at this. He's got this conflict between how he's feeling and how, who he knows God is, but there's always a reason for him to sing and give praise, um, whether that looks like pouring it out through tears and blood and, and sweat, or if that is hands up, this is the greatest day ever. There's always a reason that we can be singing and praising God. Um, it's going to look different in different seasons, but um, it doesn't change who he is, so we're going to look a little more into that this month. Yeah. 
Good. That's good. So, Paul, we, we, Psalm 139 was, was this one. That was kind of your, your framework. Mm-hmm. Why don't you give us a little bit of a, just kind of a picture of, mm-hmm. of the song, the singing that is taking place there, kind of what that looks like, uh, and then we'll maybe hit on some different, some different points of that. Well, Psalm 139 is a familiar one. You've searched me and known me. You know when I sit down, when I rise up. You understand my thought from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there's a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it, you know it all. You've enclosed me behind me before. You laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high, I cannot attain to it. Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me, and your right hand will lay hold of me. If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me and the light around me will be will overwhelm me and the light around me become night. Even darkness is not dark to you and the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance. And in your book were all written the, the days that were ordained for me. When as yet there was not one of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O Lord. How vast is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, men of bloodshed. For they speak against you wickedly. And your enemies take your name in vain. Do not, I hate those who hate you, O Lord, and do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with the utmost hatred. They have become my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts, and see if there be any hurtful way in me, and lead me in the everlasting way. I guess you want me to just kind of summarize it, but as I started to summarize it, I just, it, yeah. it, it's such a beautiful passage and there's so much we we get in that passage yeah i mean it would be like trying to summarize an actual song right like the best way is to just listen to it yeah summarize let let me uh uh we we can't um yeah we can't really summarize uh a song we um we have to play the song just play it so you just read psalm 139 um the, this this psalm of David, which is not unique, right? There's lots of these songs of, of David. There's lots of songs elsewhere in uh, in the scripture. I think of uh, and the, the songs of in response, like all throughout scripture. Uh, Mary, Mary's uh, magnificent, how do you magnificent, magnificat, um, her response to to finding out she would carry the Messiah. Uh, just all of these kind of beautiful songs um one philippians where, where it talks about having the mind of christ yeah. paul paul most people believe paul is writing at early church yeah hymn. right so when you think about philippians being an early one of the earliest books what that means is before there was the new testament yeah, they were there were this. songs in the church that yeah, were that's reflecting right. theology that's right. that's right i love that you said that uh so one of my favorite uh professor my favorite professor at mount vernon was dr sanders terrell sanders uh, and, and we had a, a theology of worship class. And it's actually, that's where I got my, uh, um, the name Respond for Respond Student Ministries, just this idea of response. And, and he, he always kind of talked about that, where our singing kind of, we sing our theology, we sing our story, we sing about what God has done for us. Uh, and so, so let me just, maybe just um, 
let me start here. What are what are some of the? We'll talk about this obviously throughout this series. But what? Why do we sing? Like, what are some of the reasons that we sing? Because here's here's what I think. I think that a lot of times we, I, I think that song. Um, I'm not going to sing it because that would be really bad. Uh, this it's a it's an old song. I sing because I'm happy. I sing yeah, because I'm free. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that's what, yeah, yeah. Um, so I couldn't remember what actually the song was, but like the truth is. We, we think a lot of times like, you know, we're singing because we're happy. It's these uplifting, happy songs. But the truth is, is that all the songs in scripture aren't that, right? It's not like a song of happiness. Right. They're songs of lament. So let's just like, what are some of the kinds of songs that we, that we sing, um, that we see in scripture as not just songs of happiness? Um, what else is in there? Well, the Philippian song is a is a theology song. It's uh, you know, affirming the characteristic of God. So yeah. there's there's songs that assert um, an understanding of God and understanding of ourself. Mm-hmm. I think of Mary's song is kind of that idea of weaving the thread all through history of, of yeah, God looking right. and seeing the people who other people didn't see. And um, so yeah. I feel like there's those ones to like recall and to also move forward yeah. in hope. Yeah. I think of the, the songs of lament, mm-hmm. songs of desperation, um, that are just again you you kind of pointed to this in in your sermon like the temptation is and, and you wanted to just kind of skip over the part because even in one in Psalm one thirty nine like there's there's that and it, we we just want to skip over because the truth is it's not pretty it's not it's not it's not pleasant it's not nice it's not singing because I'm happy. Nobody's got, um, I hate them with the utmost hatred. Right. On That's wall. such a great phrase. <laughs> yes. Um, and here's what I love about the Psalms is like all these things that we're, we're talking about, the reasons that we're singing, like a lot of times they're woven into one particular song, right? Like this song is, you know, I sing, singing because I'm uh, fearfully, wonderfully made. Like God knows my innermost being, but also I hate people with the yeah. most hatred. And it's like, it's but also God together. knows that that's how I feel about them. So it's like right. you can't praise God for knowing you inside and out and then act mm. like you can keep a secret from him. Like so his thoughts, his <laughs> motives, his things, they're completely on display. And like he's saying that over and over again. You form me in my mother's womb. You you know me. You can search my heart. So it's not a secret to you that I'm struggling with the fact that I'm hating these people because they hate you. So I love that it's almost mm. like that. Hey, I have no secrets. So here you go. That's good. I hadn't really made that connection. But yeah, if I'm going to say that God knows me, my innermost thoughts, and then it would be disingenuous to then pretend that <laughs> that's not what I'm and, and I think it's important enough to talk about that. I mean, just because that's there does not mean that's a correct attitude for David to have. Sure, right. sure. Um, and as a matter of fact, when, when you look at what David's saying there, the people in the life of Jesus that would have said, oh, I hate people with them. If they, if I hate people that don't understand God or follow God. The people that would have said that in the life of Jesus were the Pharisees. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so when we look at the scripture, when we look at scripture, we interpret and we, uh, and, and, and what we sometimes do is we take scripture and we apply scripture that doesn't, that doesn't is not a problem for us to apply, <laughs> yeah, and the things yeah. that are hard, we say, well, that's that's not applicable. Yeah. Uh, but but we have to look at Scripture through the lens of Jesus, yeah. and we understand that Jesus shows us a nature, the nature of God, and the nature of God does not hate people with the utmost hatred. God loves people. God yeah. is defined by love, yeah. and so 
you know, it's, it's easy to say, oh, well, yeah, David's just showing how much he loves God by how much he hates people. Mm, right, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. We don't show how much we love God by how much we hate people. We yeah. show how much we love God by right. loving people. Yeah. Right. And I think David even kind of sandwiches that then on the other side is that idea of search me, try me. Like, right. if, if this feeling is not righteous, if this is not a good thing, like, I'm giving you permission to change my heart, to transform me, because this is how I'm feeling right now. And you know, you know it. Yeah but I want my heart to reflect yours. And I love that we can see so much, like David talks so much about this, just feeling this overwhelming love of God and this acceptance and this joy. We know a lot of the mistakes David made. We don't know all of them, but we know that he was not loved because he was a perfect person. He was not loved because he lived a sin-free, righteous life in all aspects. Mm But he is willing, I mean, we see his mistakes, but we also see that even in those, he knows God knows him, but he knows that God loves him. Yeah. And I just, I love that because I yeah. think when we are fully known and fully loved, like when we realize that those really do go hand in hand, there's nothing that he can find out about us that he doesn't already know. And there's nothing that can change his love. Like that is such a powerful mm-hmm. combination. Mm-hmm. What do you think hinders us from from that concept of like coming to that. David seems to be at a very, I don't know, mature place. I don't know if that's the right word um, where he is. He has come to know that God knows him inside and out and that God fully accepts him. What, like, what do you think hinders us in reaching that same understanding? Cause I think, I think that not, um, I think that not reaching that place is a significant, um, man, I don't know, stumbling block or, mm-hmm. or kind of problem that we, you know, even as I'm discipling my, my teenagers, um, I think that this is, this is one of the key things that, that is missing that, that trips us up in our, in our walk with Christ. Because if, so I'm starting to answer my own question. Let me, let me <laughs> bounce with you guys. What do you think hinders us? In coming to that full realization that I am fully known and fully loved by God. Let's, Go ahead. Go ahead. I would say, let's take it like earlier. You're talking about teens. Um, let's talk about this even from like a <coughs> childhood development sure. type thing. I mean, yeah. um, a lot of parents, I mean, I'll be, I'm right in there too. Your kids at some point hit this point where they start to lie. And the reality is that that's actually really developmentally appropriate. Right. That is what that yep. is expected. Yeah. That's not, that doesn't mean it's acceptable. That doesn't mean that we don't want to train them out of that but that idea of lying means that they have this awareness of um that they can lie that they can do things and hide and they start to learn that if i hide the bad things people are more accepting of me people treat me better if i if i if i show the bad i get punished i find i feel shame i feel guilt i feel this condemnation and so kids start to frame that okay i have to make sure that what I show people is something that people will accept so that they will love me. And lying comes out of that. I mean, whether it's you're lying because you ate a cookie that you weren't supposed to have, you're lying because you snuck out last night. That idea of I need to protect certain things because if people knew that, they would treat me differently Mm -hmm. starts very early on in our kids' hearts and in their development. That's good. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we don't experience it. Mm -hmm. So if we don't experience acceptance, how how do we think, you know, because we experience reality in this this fear. And so then we've got to put this different nature on God. I think the other aspect of that is um, 
we, we, we learn to live in the acceptance of God when we practice acceptance of others. Mm-hmm. That there's something about loving, uh, demonstrating grace, accepting others where they are, that allows us to begin to understand that, well, you know, God sees me in that way, that as we practice those things. Yeah. And so if, if we're very exclusive in accepting people, that there's some that we will not accept, yeah. um, then, then I think we tend to think that God thinks like us. Yeah. That's good. I, I just think, um, I think this concept like takes so much pressure off of us, um, especially in our kind of our journey with Christ. And this is kind of what I see uh, with my with my teenagers a lot is that um, they've placed so much pressure on themselves in terms of their relationship with God. And I'm like, man, I've got to do this, 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 and if I mess up, then man, I've got to start all over and. and and it's, it's back to the beginning and um, which w- they're, they're facing that pressure in a whole lot of arenas in their life. Um, and, and so it, it's, it's always this kind of pressure to, to measure up, to live up to what they're supposed to do. And I truly believe that if we get to this place where we can understand that God knows who we really are, God knows how, we, like he knows us, just like the bologna sandwich from Sunday, like he knows <laughs> all of it and he loves us and accepts us the same like he we are still beloved then that takes that pressure off to to live up to some sort of standard now that doesn't mean that we just you know that we don't change you like we're, we're not transformed but that transformation and that, that change in those things that we do come out of understanding who we are right like and so when david um says search me try me uh, like search my heart. He's not, um, if he was afraid of what God thought of him, then he wouldn't be pleading search me because if you search me, then you're going to find something and that's going to be scary. But it's because of his understanding that God ex- loves him, knows him, accepts him, that it's okay for God to search him. Like, cause if you find something, I know that you're still going to love me <laughs> and that's going to lead me to something. Where, where's, where's Greater. God's acceptance begin in this passage? What, what's you know it's that classic um, pro-life passage yeah sure. you know i'm fearfully and wonderfully sure. made you, you knew me in my mother's womb right so david's acceptance begins before any performance yeah absolutely we That's tend right. to connect performance right. with acceptance absolutely. david connects acceptance with knowing him yeah and and knowing him and i knowing him and then he talks about my my path was preordained or you knew my days mm-hmm. And, and so this knowledge is not just that, okay, God knows me, accepts me, and he doesn't care, but God has this unbelievable plan for the life of yeah. David that he's accepted before performance, right. but God is guiding him into this path of, right. of following his will. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I killed, killed the conversation. No, no that, that's, I think that's exactly right. Yeah, I love that because if it's before he's even born, then there's literally nothing that yeah. he could have done to get God to love him more or love him less. It's... And all three of us have kids. And, you know, they're born. And you love them and you accept yeah. them. And they don't add anything yeah. other than they're yeah. selling, you know, another mouth to feed. They're keeping you up at night. Yeah. But right. you love them that's and right. accept them. Yeah. And that's, you know, so we get to this concept of our Heavenly Father, that this, you know, this God that loves us and just wants the best for us. Yeah. And it's not based on... You know, we, we, we're so performance-based, yeah. yeah. uh, but God's acceptance of us is not performance-based. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, and honestly, I, like some of the maybe most unhealthy seasons in my parenting have been when I lose track of that and I have placed unfair expectations yeah. on my kids, unfair expectations on how other people should look at me because of my kids. And well, I obviously want kids to be well <laughs> yeah, behaved, right. but when I realize, wait, do I want them to be well behaved because I want people to yeah. think that I'm a great they parent or do I want my kids to be well behaved because I want them to have soft and teachable hearts right. that yeah. respond to direction. And so in those moments when I realize, wait, I'm, I'm anchoring my satisfaction mm-hmm. on my kids. Like I realized, wait, that, that's not how God feels about me. Right. He's not waiting for me to perform and, and to behave well so that he feels good about himself. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I exist for his, for his glory and for his pleasure, but he doesn't place those expectations mm. on us. Yeah, that's good. Or withhold his acceptance when we, when we don't live up to that. Sure. Um, let me, I'm trying to decide which question I want to, <laughs> what I want to go to. Um, when do we, when do we, when do you guys find it? The heart, we, we talked about, we have these reasons to sing and God knows us. He, he loves us. He accepts us. And that's awesome. And that's great. When do you guys find it hard to sing? Just in general. And I think I'm using sing maybe as a, a loose kind of, not necessarily singing, like vocally singing, but just kind of the rejoice. When, when do you find it hard to do that? When things don't go my way, yeah. um, when, when I don't think, from my perspective, life's not fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, when yeah. I don't get what I want or what I think I deserve, yeah. um, and so I, I guess in all those, it's focused on me, yeah, uh, all, or all three of us, me, myself, and I. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking, yeah, when, when problems start stacking up that I can't solve. I mean, like, I'm a huge fixer. If somebody's got something wrong, I'm like, okay, tell me. Let me see what I can do to, <laughs> to help. And so when I start to reach the overwhelm of the, there are so many things that I am powerless to solve, I'm powerless to fix, mm. I feel like that can become very, very overwhelming, very stressful for me. And I notice that those are the times, I mean, yeah, that I back up. Even, I mean, like sometimes for me, I, I literally go, okay, I've gone days without sitting down at the piano just to play around and sing. And sometimes for me, that's a real like tangible going, okay, this has been a hard week and I need to figure out why, because I've literally like removed physically myself from something that brings me joy, brings me yeah. into a, a season or a, a heart of, of singing. So, okay. So this is good. So you're, you're having a week where you're just like, you're not feeling it. It's, yeah. it's been a tough week. Things aren't going your way. You can't. You can't fix. When you're saying that, I was like, "Mars the duct tape for, for people's life. You are the duct tape of life." Yeah. <laughs> um, I wish you can't fix things, and you find yourself you, you haven't sang, and you sit down. You sit down at the piano and you play and you sing. What does that do? I feel like it, it brings like a release. Like I'll sit there and just yeah, I don't know. It just I kind of move from song to song, or like certain things will come up. And yeah, it's almost just a very reflective time for me. And so, so I'm going somewhere here. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I am. Um, you sit down to sing mm-hmm. and the song that you're singing. If I had to guess, you probably aren't feeling it when you sit down to sing it. Right. Because you've been in this funk, this right. things aren't going my Unless way. Unless it's a funky song. I would say, or, right, or yeah. it's like the okay, song, sure. okay, like I'll be honest, like Fantine's song from Les Miserables is often one of the first songs I'll sit, I'll realize, I'm like, man, I'm having a terrible week. I just want to play this song that talks about how like 
I had a dream that my life would be different than it is. Okay. Like, and I feel like that line okay. in it sometimes yeah, yeah. just like resonates yeah. where I'm just like, oh, like, yes, yes, I have this yeah. ideal and that my life is not meeting that or, or the lives of people that I care about yeah. are not what I dreamed for them. Yeah. Which is a song of lament. Right, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, actually. It's nitty-gritty. Like, yeah. So then what do you do after that? Do you sing other songs? Yeah, I feel like that often is kind of more into, yeah, praise and worship. and. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I've never really even thought through that, but yeah, oftentimes I'm like, man, I sit down and I play a song that's kind of angry. <laughs> yeah. And so here's, here's where I'm going. Here's, here's what I'm thinking through. Um, there are several other psalms mm-hmm. um, are, are laments, are David just like, crying out in desperation like this is not called lamentation yeah 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 yeah, exactly complaining yeah Yeah. it's in there if you feel good about complaining if that's a release for you yes check it out which is comforting to me right like because i feel these ways that david feels in in certain times in certain situations i don't feel like singing or if i do sing it's not going to be a pretty song about you know rainbows and butterflies like it's it's going to be that lamentation there's so many psalms where uh, where David starts out this this song of lament mm-hmm. or this crying out in desperation. Things are not, my enemies are hunting me down and they're trying mm-hmm. to kill me. Like, this is ridiculous. I'm, this is a cry of desperation. And in so many of those songs or those psalms, it ends with this declaration that of like something to the effect of, but God, you are good. Mm-hmm. And And I just, and I think that that's such a, tremendous key for us it's okay to sing songs of lament of Mm -hmm. my life isn't what i thought it would be this isn't working the way i thought it would be but there's value to this kind of ending it with declaring what i believe what i know to be true who i know god to be even if i don't necessarily believe it in that moment Mm -hmm. because i think that in some of those psalms where, where david is like i mean he's pouring his heart out and he's desperate and it ends with this, but God, you're good. It's like, man, I don't know if David necessarily believes it in that moment, but he knows that he needs to mm-hmm. express that and declare it. Does any of that make mm-hmm. any sense? Yeah, because God's not seeking false joy; he's seeking honest hearts. Yeah. And so, and and you know, I don't know if David feels that or not. And you know, I you know, the the season of of um of your life, you may not on that time you're sitting down on the piano playing get to that mm-hmm. declaration, yeah. false declaration. Yeah, sure. You may, you still may be in lament because there are songs that yeah, just end sure. in absolutely. lament. Do. Yes, not every one of them absolutely. ends like that. So there, so God's desire for his people is not that they falsely praise him. Yeah. He's worthy of praise. Yeah. But what he wants from us is honest hearts that are, are willing for uh, to, to be searched, sure. <laughs> to yeah. be challenged sure. and to be led. For sure. Yeah. I love one of the songs that we do here. This one of my like favorite ones is that Yes, I Will song. Because, I mean, it talks about things like, okay, um, like God hasn't failed, so he's not going to fail me now. In the waiting, like I know he's going to be right on time, but like I'll lift your name high in the lowest valley when my heart is heavy. Like those, those phrases sometimes just really resonate with me because like, yes, I will do this even if my heart I mean, truly isn't in it. I'm going to do it mm-hmm. because... Worship is a choice. We've talked about that before. Like this idea of surrendering, responding to him. It, it is a choice. We can close ourselves off to that and, and or we can embrace it with everything that comes with it. Yeah. And to be honest, we probably don't do a great job in the church of 
practicing lament. No, no, no. Uh, because most songs are pretty, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. okay, okay, let's come in happy. That's right, that's right. (laughs) So, that's right. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the you know. Maybe we'll start doing country songs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so that actually leads me to another question that I have: What is the importance or the significance of singing together as a congregation? I need Amy in here for this. <laughs> I, I know. know. I was I like, know. Amy is passionate about this. Okay, if I can do my best channeling, Amy, like she says this from the platform a lot. It's this idea that when I'm singing these songs, I am surrounded by people that I know, like I can think of moments of God's faithfulness in their life. I can think of the hurts and the trauma and the things that they're walking through right now. And like there's times when it literally brings tears to my eyes to watch yeah, or hear right. someone else singing out loud something that I'm like, I know that this is taking mm-hmm. every bit of them yeah. to, to, to pour this out. So I think that there's a power yeah. in singing it together, mm-hmm. believing, claiming it together. I mean, we are, songs are, are prayers. I mean, yeah. we're talking and communicating with God. And so praying this communally, saying these things, these affirmations, I think it's, I think it's important that mm-hmm. we do it together. Yeah. I don't know, does that sound like something in you? She's often like, she needs to hear everybody sing, but it's because we know and we've seen God at work in each other's lives. Yeah. And I mean, and it goes back to this ideal that, that, that God's inviting me to be part of a community right. that he's saving. So, so I mean, there's individual, you know, Bonhoeffer talked about the Bible speaks nothing of individual salvation, but we do believe in individual salvation. But that individual salvation leads to community. We're better yeah. together. Right. That, that somehow this is us coming together yeah. and yeah. God is saving a people. Right. And uh, and so people sing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they have throughout the Bible. Yeah. I mean, it's it's right. this is not... What we do here on Sunday morning is not something that's uncommon. It's been practiced yeah. from the beginning. Right. Yeah. If you ever go to like a mass, I mean, half of it's singing. I mean, like they like sing like sing what the they're saying. I yeah. feel like you're, you're like, it's like yeah. a musical type thing where it's like there's that element of just musicality yeah. in everything and that, um, yeah. which is, it's beautiful. It is. It is. And we sing our song, right? Like we, we sing our story. That's what I'm mm-hmm. going to say. We sing our, we sing yeah. our story. We sing. We sing of God's story. We sing of his faithfulness. And I just think, man, the importance of, because we can sing on our own, right? Like mm-hmm. I, can, I can sing at home. I can sing in my van when I'm listening to music. And uh, it's probably best that that's where I sing because nobody else can hear me. Um, what, here's what I've found, um, right, wrong, or indifferent. There are times, there have been times in my walk with Christ where I'm in the midst of a worship service. And I don't know if I fully can fully sing the song that we're singing. For instance, there was a time where uh, where things were just were crazy, and I, a significant time of, of doubt and questioning. And we sang "It Is Well." Mm. I honestly don't remember if it was the hymn or if it was the the Bethel song, but we sang the "It Is Well" with my soul. And as I was standing there, I couldn't actually sing that yeah. because I wasn't convinced of that in my in my own life. But there was something significant that happened because I was standing there, not able to sing, but everyone around me, my community, my congregation was singing It Is Well With My Soul. Mm-hmm. And something happened within me that said, I may not be able to see that, to sing that right now, but with everyone around me singing that, like it's starting to convince me <laughs> that it is well. And if I, was, if I wasn't surrounded by a congregation that was singing that, then I don't know that I would have been able to to move out of that. 
And, and you know, when you go into that, I, I don't know, you know, I'm not going to say that we're saved by others' faith, but there is something about community. Absolutely. I mean, the Bible talks 100%. something about, you know, you're, you're baptized into a body, and, you know, the body is one. And so, you, you know, there, there, there's times when, you know, maybe my faith's really strong and, and Josh is isn't, and there's times my faith's not so strong, and yeah. Josh, but there's something where the, the body... Yeah. You know, if my left foot's not moving as good as my right foot, sometimes my right yep, foot moves right. me along. And so, you know, we, we can move each other along. And so I was thinking those songs. I mean, I think there's a, there's an imagery there sure. in the Bible that that sure. somehow that community we're coming yeah. through right. this together. And and that's and that's the um, the real fear I have with all that's happened is I don't think that happens virtually. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think yeah. I, I you know we. I'm glad for the, the technology we have, but somehow, uh, and, and maybe it's not in that room on Sunday morning, maybe it's small groups, but somehow we have to be with other people. Yeah. We're better together. Yeah. <laughs> if I say that with me, better <laughs> together. Yeah, that's good. I love it. Um, I have no idea where we are in time. Because I didn't actually look, and because we had we voters come, and we pointed <laughs> them in the right direction for voting. Um, so let's. I think that we're getting probably pretty close. Yeah. Let's kind of let's kind of land the plane here. Um, we we kind of the the call to action, if you will, uh, was was kind of David's last uh, couple of verses. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there uh, be any hurtful way in me, and lead me in the everlasting way. And so we had these kind of three actions of, of allowing God to search me, allowing God to try me, reveal, challenge. Yeah. What was it? Reveal, challenge and lead. Reveal, challenge and lead. Mm -hmm. How do we, I guess, how do we maybe practical? How do we actively allow God to reveal challenge and lead us? What's that look like? Very practically. I, I would say I would, apply this in in where I am in my life um, and and what's going on so so if I'm not having times where I feel like God's putting his thumb in my back and saying hey you need to move mm-hmm. from that or challenging attitudes either I'm saying oh I am so perfect that God that even God can't right. find anything to change in me <laughs> yeah. and I don't think that's the case yeah. so if I'm not experiencing that if, if I'm never being moved into a way and, you know, we talked about serving in the children's department. You know, it's it's not a good, if God's challenging you to do that, it's not a good enough excuse to say, oh, I'm just not good at that. Right. Sometimes God calls us to do things that are uncomfortable. So if I've not felt called to do something that's out of my comfort mm-hmm. zone in 20 years, yeah. I think I'd pray that and mm-hmm. say, God, I need challenged. Yeah. Um, now, now, that's my personality partly. I like to be challenged. Yeah. But I also believe God challenges his people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for uh, if we're if we're always doing things that we can do with our own strength, um, then then maybe we're not. Yeah, maybe we're not allowing God to to try us to challenge us. It's good. Yeah, I think for me sometimes I I really get curious and investigate my responses to things. Like I mean I know I know how God is. I mean I know I know His character. He's patient. He's kind. Gentle. Yeah. All of these things. And so when I see that I'm not being that, not showing that, I feel like that's always a thing for me. I'm like, I need to dig into this deeper. Why am I having this knee-jerk response hmm. to maybe a person, to a situation, to 
like so easily triggered by something. I also think sometimes it comes with um, accepting and listening to voices of people that love you. I'll be honest, you guys, there's times Ryan says things about me that I'm like, that's not, that's not how I am. Yeah. But then I'm like, wait, if that's how you're perceiving me, then that probably is more how I am than I think mm. I am. And yeah. so I need to be willing and humble enough to say, yeah. okay, I didn't see that. Yeah. But since you've said it, right. I need, I need right. to look at that a little more. Yeah. That's good. I, that, I like that, that, that idea of evaluating our responses, like mm-hmm. our trigger, trigger yeah. moments. I, yeah. I think it was just in, in parenting kind of, um, it, rather than focusing on this kid's behavior that makes me angry, yeah. like, okay, maybe it's time it's time to stop trying to figure out what a, um, like what this action is, and instead figure out what's triggering me. Like, what is it within me that is that is triggering that response? And so, um, yeah. But we have to. That, I mean, that that leads to vulnerability. Yeah. And the only the only way that we can get there is if we come to know what David has declared before that, that God knows me and God still loves me. If we can't get there, then we can't be vulnerable enough to say, search me. And not only that, but say how he really feels. Yeah, I hate sure. those yeah. with the yeah. utmost hatred. That's right. if, you can't, if you cannot be honest with God in your lament, yeah. mm-hmm. if you must always wear the John Paul Dunbar mask mm-hmm. with God, even though he knows, you know, I think it's impossible for, for God to reveal if we're not willing to reveal who we are yeah. to God. Yeah. Um, not that God doesn't know, yeah. but, you know, we just play games. Yeah, we just play right. these games right. that, oh, well, that's I'm okay, yeah. you're okay, nothing's wrong, yeah. and, and God calls us beyond that. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, and I think it's super important, um, thinking back to the parenting, for our kids to see us engaging in this idea of, I'm letting God look look through the mm-hmm. deepest, darkest parts of me and change the parts that don't look like him. And there's times when I've had to tell my kids, well, I really wanted to respond like this, but I knew that that response was going to cause harm. Right. This response was not going to work. Like the wrath, my anger does not <laughs> produce God's righteousness. So if I act out of that, I'm not furthering his kingdom. And so I think for our kids to understand that we have that same conflict, hmm. we don't want our kids to imitate us. I don't need to be perfect and my kids imitate me. I imitate Christ and I want my kids to know that, hey, sometimes I'm falling short. I'm struggling with this. Man, I am so frustrated about this and this is how I'm feeling. But I can choose, but I can act differently. I can worship, I can sing a different song because this one is not working for me. But when you're imitating Christ, I mean, it's okay. You know, Paul says, imitate me. Yeah, as I imitate Christ. What you've seen in me, you know, yeah. I'm imitating Jesus. You yeah. imitate me. You know, so yeah. so we do have um, the obligation, sure. the privilege of demonstrating Jesus. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I guess that's what I love about Jesus is Jesus demonstrates vulnerability sure. even sure. in His perfection. Mm-hmm. Because you see this in in the Garden Prayer, not my will, but Your yeah. will. I don't want to do this. Yeah. God. Absolutely. Give me yeah. another way, yeah. please. Yeah. And I have behind what's door yeah. number two. Yeah. And and so. You know, we, we see even this vulnerability That's in right. Jesus, this lament yeah. in Jesus, yeah. that this doesn't seem fair or yeah. right, God. There's got to be another yeah. way. Right. He didn't go to the cross happily. No. Yes. Like, it wasn't and like if a, your kids do? don't know that yet, they need to know that. Yeah. I think it's easy for our kids to see Jesus as this perfect robot that just did everything. If they don't understand and know that there was a conflict, there yeah. was right. a, not a resistance, but a, oh, anything else. Mm-hmm. I think that that's such an important yeah picture of Jesus for our kids to have.
That's good. Good stuff. Well, you guys all hearts clear. Anything yeah. else you want to touch on? Okay, cool. Mara, will you close us in prayer? Sure. Lord, thank you so much for um, today, for this conversation. Lord, you never change, even though our circumstances do, Lord. And because you never change, we can find reasons to sing, reasons to praise you. Lord, you know us inside and out. You've seen the deepest, darkest parts of us. Lord, but you also love us no matter what. You pour your love out over and over and over again. And Lord, I pray that we would really just find peace and comfort and acceptance in that, Lord. That we would not feel this, this temptation to hide from you, hide from those around us. But Lord, that we would really live out in your love and your acceptance this authenticity to those around us. Lord, I pray that you would guide us in our conversations with each other, Lord, to push into each other into that deeper honesty so we really can experience that acceptance from each other that we have from you. Lord, we love you, and um, we should pray that you would continue to, to guide us and watch over us as we navigate this series. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless. Thanks, guys. Thank you.